Time now for another episode of The Difference. It's a podcast about politics. It's a podcast about economics. It's a podcast about the intersection and interplay between the two. I'm Dan O'Donnell, joined by Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. And this week, Dave, uh, we are talking about Jackson Hole, Wyoming, not because of politics and Dick Cheney, but because of economics. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Paul Volcker, probably in early 1980s, wanted to go fly fishing. So he went out to Jackson Hole, Wyoming, which is you know famous for that. And he started to have this event, this Kansas City Fed meeting. And now it's turned into an international economic event that pe- people from all over the world come and they talk about the economies of their countries. They talk about Fed policy. And it's also a time that the Federal Reserve can kind of send a message out in the middle of August. And that's what we got. And as we forecasted early in this year, we thought that rates would stay higher for longer, and that's exactly what we got. The two-year Treasury over 5%, something that we haven't seen in a long, long time. And according to Freddie Mac, Dan, we saw 7.25% on long-term mortgages. That's significant. And think about this. Just two years ago, when the 10-year was at 3%, that's a 40% difference in mortgage rates. That's a whole lot less of a house that people can buy right now. So yeah, you know, economics is part of this. And of course, the Federal Reserve is under pressure all the way from Senator Warren to former President Trump have put pressure on the Federal Reserve. And as a result of this, we're starting to see, I think, uh, a bit of a stock slump. August was a, a pretty bad month, and September and October historically are two of, I believe, the worst months for traders, right? I mean, it, yep. pretty much every massive recession has started in September. Yeah, September is not a good month, and August generally is not a good month either, but October is the beginning of the fourth quarter, and generally the fourth quarter and the first quarter are the best quarters of the year. So that's the reason why looking at you know what's happening politically and economically, it's going to be a big deal as we head into this. But you know you think about what's happening financially. When SVB, the Silicon Valley Bank, failed maybe six months ago and the Federal Reserve stepped in and the government stepped in to back that bank up, we've really had a rally since that point. We might be just trying to take a breath right here as we go into October, but I would expect some volatility between now and then. And the fourth quarter also is the beginning of earnings season. So I'd say between where we are today, being post-Labor Day, and through the rest of the month, we're going to see some volatility. And of course, as you know better than anybody, we're going to start seeing the circus come back to town post-Labor Day politically. Oh, yeah, absolutely, especially at Wisconsin, where we are the critical swing state. And in fact, last week, you and I both attended the presidential debate. The Republicans, save for one big one, were all here debating. What did you think of that? Well, I thought it was interesting. I think some people were serious. You know, you talk about you know what what could happen. You know, if Trump wasn't there, and you say, well, there's some good people here, and all of them probably could beat Biden, but Trump is still here, right? So that that's the big thing. If you say, well, it's interesting if Trump wasn't here, but Trump is still here. So how, yeah, how, how I, do you get around that? I mean, that's the I, question. I don't think you do. I, I think it is almost impossible uh, to get around the the inevitability 
right. think, of right. Trump, especially since the, the trials are going to keep him in the news. He is going to be omnipresent right. in every single day's news cycle, pretty much throughout the I, primary process. I'm in sure, fact, just, by the way, I'm sure you didn't go to the post the post parties. But maybe you did. Uh, <laughs> oh, after, I absolutely did. Oh, you did? I yeah. I'm like, yeah, this is, you know, we're not going to have this again until the convention comes next year. So I, I really wanted to see what it was that right. uh, the host committee put together at the Third Street Market. Just an incredible event. If you have, if you get a chance to go to any of the events at the convention next year, just jump on them because yeah. they re- they really put on a spectacular event just all the way around. And the reason why I bring it up, and it might have been a two-cocktail idea, but it kind of made sense, right? How about, this was the two-cocktail idea, not for me, right, was how about DeSantis Haley with Trump getting behind that? Well, they said that's that's a winner. There's no chance that that can't win. DeSantis Haley with Trump behind it. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The yeah. problem is that you're going to run into is Trump's ego. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Trump's ego will not allow him to endorse another candidate. But if he did. But if he did, it, 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 well, if he did, I think it's a landslide victory for President DeSantis uh, because the contrast is just spectacular. You have got two amazing young people, young in terms of politics. I believe both are in their mid forties. Haley, I think, is actually in her early to mid fifties. Yeah, but DeSantis is is very young. He's vibrant. He is uh, obviously very very good on policy and. The, the idea that he's somehow not good personally or not good on the campaign trail, it is entirely concocted by both the leftist media and Trump working in concert here to take out the single biggest challenger to Donald Trump, and that's DeSantis. And I, frankly, I don't believe that Trump would be going as hard as he is on DeSantis, DeSanctimonious, as he calls him, if he really believed he was up 50 points, especially in the early primary states. Yeah, well, you saw the post-poll that, you know, it did close a little bit, but you know, and we're going to find that interesting because why do we talk about these things is because the macro backdrops between politics and economics they run side by side. So think about GDP, for example. I mean, that that's that's something we have to watch. The banking issues, we have to watch that. Inflation, policy in general from the Federal Reserve, these are all connected. And that's why whoever is sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue has a significant tone to set, not only here domestically, but internationally as well, Dan. And let's face it, Trump was actually very, very good for markets, as I suspect pretty much every Republican president or every candidate uh, would be. And and traditionally, Republican presidents have been very good for markets. We've seen huge run-ups during uh, Reagan in 1987, during George W. Bush, before, of course, the inevitable crash in 2008. Um, But as we prepared to record this podcast, Dave... Judge Chutkin down in uh, Fulton County Mm -hmm. set a trial date for former President Trump in the state case of trying to ask for an investigation into election irregularities, the criminal conspiracy case. It's going to be March 4th. Now, what's interesting about this is that neither the prosecution nor the defense requested March 4th. And typically, there will be a request from one of the two parties for whatever reason. And the other side will say, okay, yeah, that works for us. And the judge says, well, my calendar's clear. Let's do it. She suggests March 4th. Random date, right? Early spring. It also just happens to be the day before Super Tuesday. Hmm. 
Now, normally, the Justice Department will actually step in in things like this and say, hey, wait a second, you have got a candidate for federal office. You can't put him in trial the day before a massive election. You can't interfere with election activity like that. So it'll be interesting. Now, this just happened right before we recorded. It's entirely possible the Biden Justice Department steps in and shuts this down. My money would be on it allowing for a March 4th trial date. Just so President Trump can't be campaigning in any of the Super Tuesday states, but really more importantly, to keep the focus not on any other candidate, but rather on Donald Trump and all of his various legal woes as the the focus of the nation really should be on all of the candidates making their pitches before a whole ton of states vote. Let me ask you this question. And and you have a Juris Doctorate. You have... JDs mm-hmm. in your family, right? Some, oh, yeah. Some pretty- Tons of them. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> pretty much everyone in my family is a lawyer. Right. Yeah. So this is my question. And I had somebody who was a lawyer, had a conniption uh, over this past weekend about charging lawyers yes. in this event. And I haven't heard much out of the media. No, it is, it is absolutely unconscionable to charge attorneys for pursuing what does amount to a valid legal strategy. It's up to a judge to decide not whether said strategy. It's not like the the lawyers are saying, well, Donald, you should just execute 5,000 people who cast ballots and just claim that you won Georgia. No, it's not. They're not. They're not advocating illegality. They're saying, here's a strategy that we should pursue to criminalize that is to essentially destroy the practice of law. Mm -hmm. And this is part and parcel of an ongoing war against attorneys who would dare to represent Donald Trump or Republicans. They've been disbarred in various states. Rudy Giuliani disbarred. He faces criminal charges now because he's suggesting, because he's giving legal advice to his client. I think the, the, the point of this is to make it so that people like Donald Trump can't actually have legal representation. Well, (laughs) legal representation is about the most fundamental right that we have in this country. If you have a dispute, or worse, you are charged with a crime, and your livelihood or your very freedom are at risk, you need someone who specializes in the law. You need someone who can tell you the various strategies that you can use to defend yourself against the charges against you. In Trump's case, if he has got advice from attorneys that is now criminal advice, how can he possibly go through any legal mechanism for challenging results of an election that he had reasonable belief was not run in accordance with the law? Now, of course, when you hear it like that, it makes perfect sense. Okay, well, they thought that there was a whole lot of fraud going on, and they're asking the Secretary of State of Georgia, Brad Raffensperger, to look into it. When Trump was saying, Brad, I need you to find 11,000 votes, here's all the votes, he's not saying, I need you to find 11,000 votes for me and make them up. He's saying, look, I know you can find if you're actually looking 11,000 fraudulent votes that almost certainly went for Biden. This is a va- this is absolutely Trump's right to talk to public officials and to say, hey, here's the evidence we have. We want you to investigate this. That's now a criminal act. 
That's now a criminal conspiracy because his his attorneys were telling him to do that? Are you kidding me? Here's my question to you. Has the box been open now, Pandora's box been open, where you can now charge politicians for crimes? And I'm just yes. talking about Trump. So now you go, well, yes. uh, the Republicans think, think, are now going to do that to Democrats, and it's well, going to go all the way right down now, to the school board. You know? I think right now, if the only way to stop this, I believe— is if Republicans, if they win the presidency in 24 and immediately charge Joe Biden with public corruption and say, look, we can keep doing this and become a third world banana republic where every time someone loses an election, they have to flee the country and live in (laughs) exile because they're going to be criminally charged. Or we could go back to upholding the norms that you said Donald Trump was going to destroy. When in actuality, the most ironic thing is that Trump, who is going to be a dictator and he's going to, you know, all this and uh, rules and norms and rule of law were going to be destroyed. Well, it was the reaction to Trump that led to all of that. I mean, you have got now a campaign strategy that isn't about touting the accomplishments of the incumbent. And really, what can he tout? Record high inflation, sky high interest rates that are making purchases essentially unaffordable, higher tax rates, an economy that seems to be teetering on the brink. Instead of actually running on accomplishment and policy differences with a challenger, we're just criminalizing opposition, trumping up, no pun intended, charges in order to essentially ensure that we don't have to actually do any campaigning at all. That, that to me, is about as dangerous as it gets for yeah. a free nation. Yeah, and I agree. And and this is where we are right now. And, and the reason why we bring this up and we spent so much time on politics is because it is connected with economics. And as we go to the second half of the year and we start to look at you know what the GDP reports are going to be, what inflation is like, what is the policy going to be set forth, not only this year but into next year, that is going to have a significant effect. So we need to pay attention to those folks and we need to go through and make sure you understand, are you aligned correctly with all the facts and circumstances that are going to be put forth over the next six months, go through, understand what's in your portfolio, and if it is aligned with your long-term goals. And if it's not, you need to be working with someone who is working with and for you. That's key as a fee-only fiduciary to make sure what you own is what you should be owning. Make sure why you're owning it is a valid reason why. It's a wealth metric. It's a review of your portfolio. It is available only at AnnexWealth.com. For Dave Spano, the president and CEO of Annex, I'm Dan O'Donnell saying thanks for listening to this week's edition of The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice or recommendation or solicitation for the sale of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information 
information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast. 